It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle, our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN, and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, hello and welcome to episode 196 of the three-point podcast. Our championship team includes Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. So, I, I'm not going to lie, I pondered back and forth whether I should even share this story. But if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? So I'm just going to throw it out there. So today I'm driving uh, to work. You know, I'm coming back. I'm going from Corona to, you know, Southfield for work. Uh, I was home for the weekend. And I went to the gas station, right? And, you know, everything's normal. I always stop, get a couple, co- get, get a couple coffees, and, and I'm on, on with my day. So same day as usual, you know, I get two coffees. They know my name. This is that like road trip oasis in Perry. Okay. So I feel out and I'm leaving and, you know, I'm going down the road and, you know, everything's fine. All of a sudden I keep hearing this like rattling sound and I'm like, what the hell is that? So I shut off my radio, kind of do a little double take, see nothing. I keep going. All of a sudden, like there's cars or cars are hitting the horn as I'm driving by. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Like, I'm just driving. I'm not doing anything too crazy. Again, I'm like looking around. I look to my right, I look out the gas can, and I'm about as dumb as it can get. And I've seen people do it before, and I've always thought to myself, I'm never going to be that dumb and do that. And somehow I did it. I look to my right, and the gas line is, like, outside of my uh, gas can. And I'm driving down the road with this thing rattling against my car, rattling on the ground. So I see it do a quick, like, U-turn right on 52 and go and, like, drop it off right at the pump. And I just walk inside, and I'm like, yeah, I just drove away with this thing in my car. I, like, do I need to pay something? Or they're like, oh, no, no, it happens all the time. Uh, but stuff, uh, but to, long story short, I'm uh, 100%, I'm never going back to that gas station again. So road trip oasis is, is done for me. Well, good thing, good thing at that, at that, uh, the exit or, you know, that, that spot in Perry, you've got multiple choices to yes. go through, go through right there. So, yeah, you, you, yeah. you don't have to go back there, but, or you could go back there. 
and you'd be like a legend. I mean, they might have like your picture up on the wall, and you know, you'll, you'll be like Jared Fatel, the guy that, or apparently one of the guys. They say it happens all the time. That's kind of funny. <laughs> That's what they said. I mean, I have been in a car before where somebody has done that. When I was on my way back from Florida one year on Spring Creek with one of my buddy's dads, so I have seen it before. All I know is when I pulled back around, the people that clearly saw me leave with it attached to my car were sitting there basically watching me pull back in laughing. Like, literally laughing. They they were laughing. Now, how far did you get? Did you get out of the Perry City limits? No, maybe, maybe a half mile down the road. Oh, maybe okay. A half mile down okay. The road. So not that far. Wow. No. Yeah. Well, I agree with Matt. I think you should stay a loyal customer, man. You're legendary now and, uh, you know, give them the business. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess it should. I mean, I don't know how much that costs to fix, but I probably should give them a few extra bucks of business for that. I mean, if they're if they're saying don't sweat it and it happens all the time, I'm sure it's they they probably have a bunch of the lines or whatever back, you know, in the back. They reattach it. They're good to go. Right. It is kind of funny because that that is one of those things when you see it happening, you just think like, oh, what an idiot! I would never do that. Or even just like <laughs> as simple as like the people who drive away not as bad as what you did, but just like with their, their gas cap open or, you know, whatever. You're like, Oh, look at that idiot. I would never do that. And then when you're the one that does it, you, uh, yeah, like you said, you just, you got to laugh about it. I mean, yeah, obviously you're glad you didn't like mess up your car or, you know, like no other damage anywhere else. You laugh about it. You move on. Yeah. That's pretty funny, man. You got exactly. a lot, of, you, got, you got a lot of stuff going on in your mind of yours. Don't you? I mean, you, you I do. I don't know. I really don't know. I was like, I've been thinking about it. Like, well, I did nothing different than what I normally did. It wasn't like I got a phone call or something as I was walking into the car or this or that. Because what I do is put the put the nozzle into the car, uh-huh. then I start it, and then I walk inside, get my coffee, you know, come back out, undo it, and then I'm on the road. So between getting the coffee and coming back to the car, I totally... I know sometimes I had a, have to piss real bad, so I'll start the pump, and then I'll go in and take care of it, and then come back out. So I've done it myself. It's probably not the smartest thing to do. You know, somebody could yeah. uh, take off with your car either yeah. way. But uh, yeah, I mean, how you, you take your keys with you, you lock it. You oh, OK. It, oh, you OK. It shuts off on itself. And it's not like I'm leaving the door wide open with the car running. Yeah, no, I was, I mean, I, sure, I was envisioning sure. that you left it running. So you lock the yeah. door. Uh, yeah, sometimes. I mean, you, you got, I'm going. Here's the thing. You crack me up, man. Have some faith in humanity. You leave your car for 30 seconds, and you, the first thought is how dumb it is that it's going to get stolen as soon as I leave it. It's, no. it's street Majority smart, Jared. It's street smart, man. You know, you got to be on your toes. I'm, I'm not kidding. I think, I, think it's, I think that's definitely one of those. Maybe it's more of like a, an unwritten rule type of thing. Like it's kind of the same. I feel like you still see posted, like, don't use your cell phone right. while, you're pumping, while you're pumping gas. And obviously, nowadays, basically everyone does. But... Yeah, I, I, I can honestly, I don't think I've, and I'm pretty confident in saying this, I don't think I've ever started pumping gas and walked away from it just because, I don't know, I, I don't think I've ever done it. Not that I'm like some super rule, I mean, I'm not like some goody good rule follower, I just don't think I've ever done that. Yeah, I mean, that's funny, you know, the three of us, because I have definitely done that. Yeah. And Jared obviously does it every day. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, I, if I'm getting coffee from the gas station, it's a routine. I, sure. I guess I'll stop doing it, but I, the more you know. I, I, that's one of those things I didn't even realize that it was not the right thing to do. I never even crossed my mind that that wasn't the right thing to do. So, so. Let, me, let, me, let me ask you this, Jared. We're, we're talking, this is more on the, like, ethic. This is, like, on the ethical side of pumping gas. If you have, like, you know, some sort of rewards, whether it's, like, Speedway rewards, Meyer rewards, 
down here. We have the, the store down here is Harris Teeter. You know, if you have like some rewards, do you would you like pump multiple cars, like not hang the nozzle up to, you know, and drive like multiple cars up to keep getting that rewards? No, uh, no, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, I guess, if that, if, if somebody did do that, but man, we, I was full, we were trying to keep this quick, you know, to get some holiday <laughs> catch up and you guys just were really enthralled with the gas pump story. Well, your stories Isn't always it? get us enthralled, Jared. That's well, <laughs> I mean, it is funny. I, I, you guys just went a whole different direction with that than I thought it was going to go. So yeah. I, that, I, I that's our it. podcast, man. That's what we do. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, we usually do like, you know, a bunch of texting, like some, like a thumbnail sketch of what we're going to do. Yeah. But then I, I had no idea we were going to talk about gas pump ethics. Oh, no, me this neither. Podcast. <laughs> well, you know, realistically, and, and people that listen regularly probably have figured it out by now. We, we do. We have a general, pretty simple outline before we start things, but we basically turn on the mics and let it rip, you know, and that's, that's what we do. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's cool. I got to cut you. So. Matt, do you like? Do you sit at the? What is the purpose of me sitting at the gas, uh, <laughs> at gas sitting there while it fills up my car? I guess I don't understand why that would ever be a rule. It, it, I mean, I think that, that malfunction. Like, what am I going to do to stop it? I, I'm not a mechanic. I, I'm just going to run inside where I already would be, uh, anyway. If I was going in there to get coffee. I mean, I would think the main reason is, you know, most gas gas pumps now, like once your car is full, once the gas starts hitting the nozzle, it stops yeah, it clicks automatically. Off. It does. Right. It clicks off. But, you know, if by chance that automatic stop doesn't work and you're inside shooting the shit with the person hitting on the hitting on the girl that's, you know, running the cash register or something, your gas pump's just sitting out there pouring gas out of your car. I, I would think that's probably the reason you're not supposed to leave it well i don't think that's probably ever happened since probably the 1950s matt but that's just i, don't, I mean maybe but there, there's even i'm sure you guys have seen it there's the ones i it, it's one of those like first world problem things yeah i don't know if it happens to you guys but when you get the pump that the little like the lock so you don't have to actually hold it when one of those like isn't there i'm like oh god this is terrible oh, I, mean, I, agree <laughs> I agree with that i agree with that now, you know what's the real pain in the ass to me? So where are you guys at, Ted? I know you probably are. This is going to sound like alien language to you. Uh, where, Matt, do you use the, like, tap to pay a lot with your phone or with your Apple Watch or anything like that? Because that's basically the only way I pay for anything nowadays. And if a gas station does not have that outside, I do, I do not use that gas pump. I will go to another gas station. I will, I will say I haven't started. I, I don't really use. I have all the stuff on my phone. I haven't started using it regularly. I definitely do with my like debit and credit cards to tap to pay, but um, cause yeah, it's super convenient, but definitely if, if there's times that like the pump says, you know, the pay at the pump isn't working, you have to go inside to pay. Oh my I will God. definitely be like, all right, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd unless, I, unless I have to go in and get something. If I have to go and get something, all right, I'll go do that. But yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And I, I do know what tap to pay is, but no, I'm not. I, I use a card every time. So I am, a, I am, a, I am a bit old school for sure. I probably though further ahead and, and quite a few 65 year olds, maybe give me some credit for that. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I can, I can record this thing. I can use social media. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, no, you are. So right. that's why I'm just telling you, add it to your arsenal, add it to your, your Batman tool belt, it, because it speeds up the paying process 
tenfold. You don't put in your debit card number. You don't yeah. you know, press get. You don't touch keyboard. You just touch it, and the receipt pops out literally two seconds later. It's incredible. I, I may uh, I may need you to help me do that. <laughs> but uh, we do have a Christmas party. Uh, I might have to show you on our Christmas party on Saturday. I mean, there you I, go. I, I, I say it. I love to say it. Actually, I'm in the Christmas spirit. I'm so yeah. into it. All my gift shopping is done. Oh. Uh, I'm ready for the Frankenmuth chicken. Yes. I'm ready for the white elephant. I'm ready for everything. Are you ready? Yeah, so that is that this week, this weekend is that party at Frankenmuth? It is. Yeah, it's our family get together and we have an after party where we engorge ourselves again with food and games. So yeah, it's it's an annual event and uh, we look forward to it for sure. And yeah, 12:30 it starts up at Frankenmuth and goes to the wee hours. No, it it really is. And Jared, you said a Christmas spirit and I I, I love Christmas. I know some people are maybe a little like, you know, a little Grinchish when it comes to Christmas and Christmas music and stuff, but I love it, especially, you know, with, with the little one, she's all about Santa and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm all about it. You know, my, my family, they're sending me pictures. They've been having some parties and stuff. So obviously it kind of stinks to be living this far away and, and missing those parties, but right. I, I just, it's cool to see everyone still getting together and having those parties and, all the Christmas lights and stuff. I was going to ask you guys though, like from what I remember, Ted, I definitely know you, you remember back in the, back in the good old days, every single house, even what I remember when I was a kid, every single house was decorating with Christmas lights. Is it just me or like, is that not as big of a thing anymore as it used to be? Well, it it definitely used to be huge. In fact, uh, downtown Corona had lights all over the place. They used to have a lot of pine trees at the courthouse until they died. But, uh, you know, they used to decorate those. And now in Corona anyway, uh, you know, our hometown, the big thing in Corona is McCurdy Park. I mean, they decorate oh, yeah. the crap out of that, man. It's really very impressive. I would I would say the, the house decorations may have gone down a bit from a number of years ago. But I think people up here still are pretty much into the decorating spirit. In fact, I even had yeah. to do it, you know. And I am kind of a little bit more on the Grinchage side. Uh, you know, I, I love Christmas to a certain extent, but I don't like uh, the stress that goes along with it, the, the pressure of buying presents. And, you know, I'm all for buying presents, but I don't like the pressure of it that you got to get just the yeah. perfect thing. It's To me, it's always been the thought that counts, you know, and I, I think I get overruled with the, the girls in my family on that count. No, that, that's fair. And you because you don't want to be the, the one person that like, has the dud present right yeah like you you thought it was going to be cool but yeah everyone knows it you can sense it in the air when (laughs) someone opens a present and it's a dud there's no excite there's no excitement there's the like sarcastic oh cool what's that (laughs) and you could just sense it you you almost want to just say like all right you you can stop faking it Uh, you you don't like it okay you know you almost want to say that but (laughs) no I, i i can get some of that stuff but i just I don't know. It, it's a lot of fun. And one, one thing that that's like bringing back memories is because my daughter, she's kindergarten now. So she's like in the like school schedule routine. So like this is her last week of school before winter break. Mm-hmm. And all it's doing is like bringing back the memories of how awesome winter break was when you were in elementary oh, yeah. school. I mean, even even through high school and everything else, too. But I just remember like as elementary, that two weeks off for it felt like forever. When you were leaving for that, like, Christmas break, it was like, holy crap, we've got two weeks off of school. This is going to be so awesome. So, like, I don't know, I'm just, like, thinking about that when thinking about her being off school for a couple of weeks, just how cool that was. It is, but you know what even dwarfs that is the college. 
you're, I swear, in college, your your like winter break is like three months long. It almost <laughs> it doesn't seems like that. Like they've been on break for I think already two weeks, and they don't come back till like February first almost. So <laughs> right. that's one thing that does dwarf it. But I don't know if it's like I'm not as tough as I used to be, but I think about it every day. I have this short like three minute walk from Little Caesars Arena to the parking garage. And since like the winter has hit, I dread it. I think about it all day how much I'm going to dread that walk. Whereas when I was a kid, Christmas break, after school, it didn't matter whether it was day or night or sunny or windy. I was out playing in the snow from sun up till sundown. And I yeah. just don't know what changed. You're getting old, Jared. You're getting old. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, one quick you little. Miss the snow, Matt? Do you miss the snow? Like right around this time, I mean, I got to say, I'm loving the winter wonderland we got brewing here in Michigan. That's that's what I mean. I do and I don't because, again, like seeing pictures of friends and family playing in the snow, seeing my nieces and nephews sledding and all that kind of stuff, without a doubt, it makes my wife and I like, man, that looks so nice. But it was like 72 and sunny today. So, like, yeah. then, there's, then there's like that side of it. It's like I just had to wear like a hoodie today. I didn't have to scarf up my face and dread a three-minute walk. To my car so you know there's two sides to it wow well i agree with that too you know and the, the thing about living in michigan that we all can agree i think is we get all four seasons and, and all four seasons are really solid and I, I agree with jared that i love the snow in the winter time the thing that just kind of wears me down is when you get in some of those you know zero degree days with wind you know i could i could do without those the snow though i yeah. love it I love I love dealing yep. with. It. I even love snow blowing out in my driveway. That's how much I do like Heck it. Yeah. <laughs> now that that is a dad move right there. That, That's a dad move. Well, get, let me get, let me tell you a quick little grandpa story, guys. Too went down and uh, babysat the two granddaughters down in in uh, the Detroit area last weekend. And uh, I don't know if you've dealt with this with Claire Matt, but uh, they have a Christmas tree up in their house and. My wife and I were taking a look at some of the ornaments, and I reached up and grabbed one of them so I could see what was written on it. And the three-year-old, who Parker's a bit spirited, and she's a bit, uh, she says what's on her mind. She says, Grandpa, don't touch it. I said, what? <laughs> he said, don't touch the ornament. Mom said not to. And then we go, well, yeah. well what happens if I, if I touch it? She'll yell at you. <laughs> yeah. So she, so she was oh, on the ball. She's probably she's been told that probably twenty times already. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you ever decide on the the Polar Express versus uh, the water park? Uh, no, we haven't we haven't decided on on that this year. We were we were trying to look ahead in the futures, so it might be a present. <laughs> you know, okay, you've been doing this for the last three years about this water park trip, and you know you have. No, the well, the, the, the original water park trip we started out with was going to be at Frankenmuth uh, as part of our family get-together. But since we come back into town to have our after party, we kind of nixed that. We're looking down the road at that one as well. Uh, it's just not going to be on the table this year. That's all. <laughs> hey, I got, that counts, right? Yeah, right. Uh, one quick final thing here in the catch-up for me, guys. i got to throw it out here. We didn't talk about it, but, uh, you know, I have talked about it in the past. This is it for me in my full-time work career. And, you know, it's uh, i got two days. i got tomorrow and Thursday. And Thursday at work, it's we're doing a scavenger hunt and uh, a party afterwards. So, really, I'm basically down to my last day, Wednesday, as as a full-time worker in my career. And I have just looked to look forward to really putting a lot more effort into this podcast. Well, I, I didn't think that you ever told us an official. I know you've been 
weighing the options a year or two or you know how much longer i don't remember ever hearing that this was it yeah this is crazy this is it full-time now they have convinced me to stick around on a part-time basis like you know working from home working limited hours uh i can watch tv with less guilt now jared and uh move forward but anyway yeah so no that's that's awesome congrats on that but the whole career started delivering the free press in uh, corona when i was 11 years old (laughs) what a mistake that was but it did teach me a little little work ethic my poor parents you know they had to get up with me in the morning to help fold papers and you know when you do i had this is this is kind of an interesting thing and I'll, i'll leave it at this after this so i start out as a paper boy right my next door neighbors they delivered the argus press and back in those days it was only a six day paper afternoons really couldn't do that if you played sports and stuff but they delivered in the afternoons every year in my face they always got enough new subscribers to get a free trip to cedar point and i was so (laughs) jealous of that as a little kid you know so so then my dad you know lines up this paper route for me and it's the detroit free press Every single morning, you know, you're up at five o'clock in the morning and I had the entire city of Corona. And and the kicker on this is, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gutting it out. I'm doing my job. I had so many people, you know, that would see me coming because in those days you had to collect, you had this little book and you had to knock on their door and get paid for the following week. Right. And people were ditching me, you know, they'd hide behind their curtains and it just was, it was miserable as far as trying to collect the money. But <laughs> the final straw was, in, it was 1967, uh, the, the uh, Detroit Free Press went on strike somewhere, I think, around late November. And I missed out on all the Christmas bonuses and, you know, oh, and tips. So that was my start in my working career. Yeah, you should have known from then. I should have learned my lesson. I should have. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. All right, any any other f- stories from you guys before we move on and talk a little sports? I don't think so. No. Just ready ready for some Christmas. All right. Yeah, we've been we've been putting off this Michigan basketball conversation uh, a little too yeah. long. Got, yeah. Got to get it down. All right, well, let's take a short pause, and then we'll come right back, talk a little uh, college hoops right after this. Kendall Drugs and Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance, no problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona, or give them a call at 989-720-4295. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Well, you teed it up, Jared. I mean, let's start right with the Wolverines and what's going on uh, for Juwan Howard this year down there. I'm going to say something that is very controversial, and I'm not saying I believe this, but I'd be lying if it didn't cross my mind. Uh, did we Were we a little too quick to crown Juwan last year? I mean, you think about it, how that season ended, UCLA, kind of a coaching debacle, if we're being honest with ourselves. 
if you remember, Juzang, we never doubled him. We basically just let Juzang, you know, put 40 on the board. Yeah, he killed At him. the end of the game, Shawnee Brown hits the biggest shot of the game, gets subbed out literally seconds later. It was just not a good coaching performance from Juwan. Fast forward to this year, team's not looking very good. Preseason number five, I thought the ranking was way too high originally. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe this is a top 25 team, not a top five. But, man, I don't know. Just something seems bad about this. Am I overreacting? I mean, yeah, I, I think, yes, you're you're definitely overreacting. Is he, you know, some people were already crowning him, like, the best coach since John Wooden or something. Well, no, I mean, the, you know, he still has a lot of learning to do, obviously, as a head coach. And I think that – I think we're seeing that, even with guys like Phil Martelli on his staff, any head coach. He's only been a head coach for a couple of years. So you got to learn. You got to figure out – in-game management and rotations and stuff like that. And so I think we're seeing that. I think we're also seeing that, you know, I think a lot of people were after last season, how some guys like Shondi Brown and Mike Smith, the point guard, how they just came in and just kind of like fit right in. There was almost like no learning curve. Those dudes maybe at the beginning of the season, but you know, they just like fit right in. And obviously they made a deep run in the tournament and that that's not like a normal thing, you know, to like, get a couple transfers on a basketball team as starters and uh, have them have them just like seamlessly fit in and with like Devonte Jones the point guard that came in this year it just doesn't seem like it's fitting to me like he's he's obviously he's a he's a good player you know he's a solid player but it, he's just like it it seems like the whole team altogether is struggling to like find their role you know I, I don't know what you guys think when you watch but I think we're also seeing that, and this is pretty obvious, this, this should be the most obvious statement of the year, losing three pro players in Shondi Brown, Franz right. Wagner, and Isaiah Livers is a pretty big deal. You know, I feel like those are three very good college players that are now playing in the pros, and it's not as easy to just replace those guys, and I think you're figuring that out. This, this team has a ton of talent, but to me, they're just like, they can't find, and maybe this a little bit does fall on Juwan, they can't find like the right rotation. They can't find the right guys to play with each other. And yeah, it's been a struggle for sure. I mean, you know, we're now about like mid season basically, and they're still kind of like figuring things out. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And, and you know, that team last year was pretty special too. I mean, really they should have won that UCLA game. I, you know, to Jared's point, there was a couple mistakes coaching in that game, but you know, that happens every season you have some of those moments, but that team easily could have been a final four or even a championship game team with the talent they had, the way they played defense, the way they moved the ball around on offense, completely unselfish. And they had guys that could, could hit the big shot. The biggest problem I'm seeing this season is at least to this point, I don't see anybody that can hit the shot from the perimeter. You know, they're really struggling out there hitting the outside shot. I mean, when you got uh, Dickinson, you know, draining a couple three-point shots, and he seems to be their best shooter out there. I mean, that that's a real weakness right now that I don't I don't know if they can shore it up or not. Yeah, I I think what what really happened is these roles we like. You think about it, like Brandon Johns. I feel like people yeah. went into the season expecting some like incredible season from that guy. I mean, that's problem number one is the fact that we expected more than maybe like a sixth man type role from him. There's no shooting on this roster. They're so young that it's just it's unfortunate that this is probably our last go around with 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 Hunter Dickinson because he just doesn't have the horses around him to really make this team go anywhere. And yeah. and if we really needed to, if we really were going to have a special team this year, we needed Dickinson. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game. 
honestly, we needed him to be up near 23, 24 points a game and, yeah. you know, 12 rebounds, not nine. Well, well hold you on know, a minute, though. Are the you... expectations really kind of ruined that what we are. And I'm and maybe we are selling them too, off too soon because that's what I think. I'm never going to fault a team for playing tough non-conference schedules start to start the year. I love mm-hmm. how Michigan State does it. I love that yes. Dewan's now adapt, adopting that and doing it, too. So maybe we are just overreacting. I still think they're a tournament team. I just, man, I mean, we, we've kind of been spoiled with our Michigan basketball in the last 10, 15 years. I just don't think they're a Final Four team. Yeah, I mean, or, well, know, that's, yeah, and it's it's tough to say that at the beginning of the season, midseason, who's going to be a Final Four team because we all know when it comes, you know, tournament time, a, a team or two, three or four teams all of a sudden come out of nowhere, you know, and make a run to the Final Four. I mean, UCLA last year, in a sense, kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and, and made a run. So that, that just happens all the time. Yeah, this team could put it together and, you know, get hot for one weekend, you know, just like any team, a lot of teams do during those conference tournaments and win a few games, and next thing you know, they're on a roll. So it definitely could happen because the talent is there. They just got to figure out some roles. One of the biggest things, we haven't talked about it, not that I'm trying to make a big deal about it, but when Michigan came down here to play North Carolina, I went to the game and uh, and watched it, and one thing I noticed, and I think a lot of people probably noticed this, is this team doesn't necessarily have that, like, vocal leader. You know, like, you know, Dickinson is kind of, you know, he obviously maybe gets fired up during a game, but he doesn't seem to be one to, like, get in, get in players' team, get in, get in his teammates' faces, you know, like challenge guys. You know, like, Franz Wagner was always chirping out there, yelling at guys. Isaiah Livers, we saw him last year on the sidelines, get into it with Juwan. I mean, right. stood up to Joan and, you know, he was clearly a leader. Mike Smith was even a leader. Obviously, Eli Brooks is definitely a leader, but, like, he also doesn't seem to be one to, like, get in guys' faces and say, like, let's go, get up, let's go. And that, to me, like, when I was watching that North Carolina game, like, during timeouts and stuff, I would just, like, watch the bench, and there wasn't really any of that. Like, you know, there wasn't anyone, like, before Jawan would go into the huddle to, like, talk about what they got to do. You know, usually there's a player or two, like, yelling at the other players, like, what are you doing? Let's go. And it, there just wasn't any of that. So I, I think the team is missing that. Maybe someone to, like, step up and be that leader. And to me, like, at the, maybe one of the last things I'll say, I'm, I'm to the point where the, if, if this is the formula that Juwan is going to have, where they just keep getting these kind of, like, blue-chip prospects every year, year in, year out, kind of like Coach Cal or, like, Duke does sometimes, I, I want to play them. I mean, just play these young guys. I don't care at this point if you don't think Frankie Collins, you know, the, the freshman coming in, Kobe Bufkin from the west side from over in Grand Rapids, the freshman, if you don't think they're ready. To me, this Devontae Jones, the point guard that came in, isn't the guy. No. Give these young give give these young guys reps. At least they're going to be energetic. At least they're – yeah, they're going to make mistakes, but then they're going to learn. You know, like I, to me, you've got these like blue-chip freshmen, put them on the floor. I, I would rather live and die with those guys – than some like transfer from coastal Carolina who like clearly isn't the guy. Good point. man. Right. I agree with that. And you know, Jones is a decent player, but you still bring him off the bench, you know, for some minutes. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Cause yeah, you can he's tell a- Caleb Houston, you can tell he can play. Yeah. He's a I mean, player. He, he's just he, right. He's 18 years old or whatever. So he, he's got to figure it out. Frankie Collins, when he comes in, you can tell he can play. He's just, he was playing high school basketball last year. So like he just needs minutes. And I, I don't, the last thing too, I wish you got a guy like Hunter Dickinson. I would legit, like, I want him to shoot every time they have the, the ball. But you have a guy that is clearly, like, that big of a mismatch. Obviously, he's not going to shoot every time he gets the ball or whatever. But I would, again, like, live and die through him. You've got a guy who's, like, an All-American. Tr- try and shoot the ball 20 times a game. I don't care. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I I I hope we're I hope that this is just some early, you know, season woes that we usually see from like a Michigan State team. But I don't know. I I wasn't sold on this team from the start. I'm not sold on them now. If I had to predict, I think that this is not going to be a great season. But here's the good news: we don't worry. We don't really worry about the basketball team until the football season is over. So we got at least <laughs> a few more weeks for them to figure it out before we really dive into it. So that's, that's good. Yeah, that is a good point. Hey, before we move on from college basketball, we do got to talk about our friends over in East Lansing a little bit. Uh, you know, they're now nine and two. Izzo, you know, had that season a year ago in the first four. You know, where they were knocked out by UCLA, but uh, they're playing pretty good ball right now. Gabe Brown's. Very solid, and Bingham, even though he doesn't have any meat on his bones, pretty good player. I mean, that's another – I think the Spartans this year, again, are going to make some noise, don't you guys? I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's a really talented Tom Izzo team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, 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 you could see them maybe going up against the wrong team in the second round of the tournament, maybe right. getting upset, or this could be a Final Four team because they do have, you know, some talent and some upperclassmen and some young players. So, you know, you know, Izzo, you know, the whole, they were unranked preseason. Oh, that yeah. meant nothing. Everyone, everyone knew they were going to be ranked by, you know, this time. So, you know, they're, they're playing well. The one thing, like, you know, like a lot of teams, I wonder who, if they could find like a go-to score in a tight game, you know, kind of like what Michigan's kind of looking for too. Like who can you go to for a bucket? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, Michigan State's going to be fine. Yeah, they are. They, I mean, we saw like some flashes. I mean, by the, by the time it ended last year, they really were kind of starting to really flourish. I mean, they, they were the closest game UCLA had really until, yeah. uh, until they ended up losing in the final four to Gonzaga. Uh, but I love the quote I just heard from Tom Izzo today where he was talking about, you know, what we were just mentioning, you know, playing tough teams early in the season. He said uh, he got it from John Chaney at Temple actually, because Chaney reached out to him about playing Michigan state. And he said, Hey, we'll come to Michigan state and play you. And Izzo, like, couldn't believe it. Like, why would you come to this first-year coach uh, and play a game at his, like, arena? And they ended up losing a Temple by one. And then Chaney went on the bus afterward. And basically, or uh, this, they, this was the year after that when Michigan State went to Temple. And he told Izzo, like, uh, hey, as long as you keep scheduling like you have been, you're going to be just fine, like, as a head coach. And it's just kind of funny how something as stupid as that line stuck with Izzo all these years later where he's telling it on radio shows uh, today. Uh, but, no, they look great. I mean, I thought Hauser, I don't know, but I thought he was gone. Honestly, all last year, I thought he was graduating. Uh, so the fact that he's back and Bingham's really coming into his own, I mean, three blocks a game. I mean, yeah. the perfect college rim protector. Uh, and then Gabe Brown, I mean, he's got about as smooth of a stroke as you'll see in college basketball. They're a very solid team. They play nine guys at least 12 minutes a game. They're going to be they're gonna be scary come March, and, and they have a legit ch- chance at winning the Big Ten this year, without a doubt. Absolutely right. Hey, by the way, did I see uh, something on social media about our Spartan insider Joey getting engaged just recently? Is that a fact? Oh know? yeah, he's, the wedding. I think as the pictures finally dropped. I think I think he's been engaged for a while. Oh. Or maybe maybe it is breaking news. I don't know. Well, congrats, <laughs> yeah, I, I, congrats I anyway. I, yep, congrats to Joey. I thought I saw that too, and I just immediately imagined that the ceremony is probably going to be at Center Court at the Breslin Center, right? <laughs> and Sparty will be the best man. Yeah, gotta love it. All right. Well, we got, uh, you know, hey, we mixed in a little college basketball talk here and what I think still uh, big time football season, just not Michigan to talk about. Well, we got some NFL news to talk. The Lions played this weekend. I wonder if they won or not. Uh, We'll get into (laughs) that here in just a moment right after this. 
Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500 square foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right, guys, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, another debacle by the Lions on uh, Sunday, losing to the Broncos 38-10. to 10. And, and the reason I set it up that we're recording here on Tuesday, last night got a chance again to watch uh, Matt Stafford. Looks like the Rams have uh, corrected a few things, and again, yep. he was right on point last night. Yeah, we, we know the, the story with Stafford. He, at least the last, well, really his whole career, he just seems to get, like, nicked up mm -hmm. every season. You know, whether it's like ribs or a shoulder or a wrist, your back, you know, whatever. And I think he was maybe going through that midseason. I think they also, they brought in a new wide receiver in OBJ. Boy, so they were figuring out how to night. use him. Yep. yep. He had an awesome game. I don't know about you guys, but watching him and Stafford and Cooper Cup, I just have like, <laughs> you know, it's obvious Cooper Cup's a white guy. He's, he's one of the best receivers in the league. I have these like visions of what I could have been if I would have. <laughs> If I could have, if I would have been a little bigger and faster, but uh, yeah, no, like watching, <laughs> watching Stafford and cup play is just like, it's like orgasmic. It, it's so Amazing. awesome to watch. Yeah. You know? There's something about Matt. I, I see where you're coming from. There's something about like the West Walkers, the Julian Edelman's where you're just like, Hey, if I just, you know, uh, practice my route running for a few years, maybe I could do that. And yeah. the, the sad reality is that you lined up on a 40 yard dash against these guys, they'd look like superhumans. Um, so it's just, it's just their like Hunter Renfro. People think he's like just some crappy athlete. Dude, you dropped him at a high school football game, he could play any position and he would probably win a state title no matter where he went. Yeah. But, well, uh, not, not to mention like also Hunter Renfro. I know he was just an example. He was also drafted in the major leagues. Uh, Julian Edelman was also like a professional lacrosse player or something, and he played quarterback in college. So, like, yeah, these dudes are, like, otherworldly type of athletes. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what uh, the Lions need. I mean, <laughs> they don't have a lot of that right now. And, again, 1-11-1. and one, They're still sitting in position for that number one choice. Uh, you know, the one guy in the game on Sunday that I was impressed with, and I actually was impressed with him in the exhibition season. You remember when Craig Reynolds showed up to uh, the Lions training camp like a day before an exhibition game and actually was introducing himself to the teammates, you know, in the huddle? And... You know, he he was brought up because of they had injuries and COVID situation. You know, he had 83 yards in that game and ran hard. And I, I think that guy, you know, he's he'd be a good guy to keep on the team. Maybe not your feature back, but I, I'd keep a guy like that around. He's he's making the most out of his chance, at least. You know, he's playing hard. Yeah, he yeah. was the highest rated uh, um, running back out of pro football focus for week 14. I mean, awesome story. That That's what you hope for with this season, but that's basically a wash. Mm-hmm. 
it's that you just hope that we get a couple of those kind of feel-good stories. I mean, it was awesome, but the Denver Broncos going out with 10 players, taking the delay of game. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, it's class. He was an all-time player and a fantasy football favorite of mine. But, um, yeah, just honestly, I'm, I'm impressed that you're even still watching these games. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been watching, but what I have been paying attention to is these mock drafts. And in the most in the latest one, we it has us taking – Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback with our 24th pick. I know nothing about this guy, but if we end up taking a quarterback with our second pick in the first round, I'm all for it. I don't care who it is. Whoever Todd McShay uh, thinks the best guy is, I'm fine with us drafting him. Let's just get a quarterback. Let's get some fresh blood in here because we know Jared Goff is not the guy. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on that because while, while I agree with you, they at some point they have to address quarterback. Whether you're doing it in the draft or you're going to go out and sign a Gardner Minshew or, you know, someone like that, you got to address quarterback. There's a side to me, though, that you have all these draft picks. You know, you, you have Jared Goff next year. He's locked up next year under contract. No one's going to trade for him. Nope. So it, you're kind of Jared Goff is the quarterback next year. I would almost be like dump every draft pick to every other position possible. Linebacker. You need everything. Linebacker, wide receiver, cornerback. You know, you need everything. Try and hit on a few of those picks, and then, you know, next offseason, either sign a veteran or hope that you're in line to draft Bryce Young out of Alabama. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. If they drafted a quarterback, you know, it, at least it would be cool that they have someone that's a possibility. Yeah, and, it, you know, let's just say they're going to go with a top defensive player, whether it's Hutchinson or not, which I, frankly, I've heard, I've heard people say, well, well, let's hope the Lions don't draft Hutchinson. Well, look, man, he's impressed me enough, and I don't think the Lion curse is going to kill him. He, I'm all for bringing him in. It'll also give the the franchise a little juice if they if they draft him yeah. first, you know. And then I'm yeah. all I'm all for a quarterback with that uh, second first round pick. What I thought I just saw something. Uh, maybe it was something you shared, Matt. About was it the North Carolina quarterback? Maybe or what? Yeah, that was. Uh... Todd, one of Todd McShay's mock drafts, he they, he had him taking Sam Howell out of North Carolina, and that, that's just kind of what I mean. Like like you said, Jared, the the dude out of Liberty. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, the NFL draft is just a crapshoot, no matter what. But some of these quarterbacks that are being listed, I'm kind of like, I, I mean, like, do we really think this is going to be the guy? I mean, at some point, you got to take a shot on someone. But you know, sometimes I'm like, we, we want to waste a draft pick on a quarterback out of North Carolina. Yeah, right. it's it's an iffy situation. I guess the only other thing is, I guess if Goff's the guy, you got to have somebody as a backup. And these clowns they got as backup quarterbacks, it's, right. it's ridiculous. If you if at least if you right. draft a rookie and let's say Goff gets injured, then you throw the kid in there and see what he can do. Yeah, right. The the only other position I'd be fine with us taking is if we just went Aiden Hutchinson one one, and then we just went another pass rusher, whether yeah. it's Ojabo or who. Sure. I just love the idea of having a sweet defensive line. It's so yeah. important in the NFL, and there's just something cool about it. So I'm, I mean, yeah, we you, you saw it last night, Ted. You you brought up Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Rams' defensive line is one of the best in the NFL, and they were getting after Kyler Murray all night and had him. I mean, he still had a good game, but you know, he was yeah, running for he, his he life have a though. Pass rush. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and you remember back when the Lions had and 
had Sue and that, that the other couple big guys in the middle. That was a pretty stout defense that year. And, and the Lions actually, I think they made the playoffs and obviously lost in the playoffs, but had a pretty yeah. decent team. And you, you got to start there. I'm all, I'm all for that, Jared. If they went that route, I'd be okay with that. Hey, before we get off the NFL, because we're going to talk a little uh, – a couple other things too, Pistons and uh, Division Two college football. Um, you know, we talked about golf and we talked about the Lions' woes, but back to uh, this last weekend. This guy, it's just, he's so legendary, it's just unbelievable. Tom Brady, 700 mm-hmm. career TD passes in the NFL. I mean, that's hard to even compute, to, to even register. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, I, I think it's one of those that it, it will probably never be touched again, even though the NFL is so much about passing now. The biggest thing is the longevity. Right. Like, will, it, will a quarterback, even like Mahomes, will a quarterback like him even be able to play until he's 40, 42 years old? That's what's crazy. And you watch Brady now, and you you believe he said he wants to play till he's 45. It looks like he can. I mean, the, the way he's playing right now, it's like this dude might play till he's 50. Who knows? Right. Well, he's an amazing athlete for sure. Speaking of uh, amazing athletes, Jared, you were talking about Maybe maybe the Lions need to go after one of Tony Anisa's guy at Ferris State, one of these lacrosse players turned football players. Is that, is that what the Lions need to go after? Dude, I, honestly, my dad actually made the comment when we were watching Ferris' semifinal game that uh, Jared Barnhart is his name. He's quarterback for Ferris. That It wouldn't be surprising if he's catching slant routes from Tom Brady in a couple of years. That's, <laughs> so it's funny that we actually were circling that topic. But um, – no, so I'll just – I mean, how about Ferris making it – we talk all the time about Tony Nese. We're obviously all big Tony Nese guys here as Corona alums. Uh, but this Barnhart guy, if you guys haven't watched any of Ferris's games this year, I just got to give you a quick rundown of his story. So, Mar- University of Maryland, he was an All-American lacrosse player, four years, played there. Uh, I think it was his senior year. His dad was a longtime football coach, coached under uh, – former Texans head coach. I'm drawing a, uh, I'm just, he's an Alabama offensive coordinator right now. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. It'll come to me, but he Bill even coached under him. Yeah. Bill O'Brien, even coach under Bill O'Brien uh, with the Texans passed away kind of out of nowhere. I'm, I'm, un- I'm uncertain of how he passed away, but, and basically because he passed away, his brother sort of started, started talking to Jared and said, you know, Hey, you should give this football thing another shot shot. You know, there's this grad transfer thing. So Barnhart basically put his name out and in the transfer portal, no division one schools came calling. Of course, you know, Tony, the king of finding these, you know, sort of diamonds in the rough finds Barnhart. And I mean, what more can you say? If you watch him play, he's lightning fast. Uh, maybe the most electric quarterback Tony's ever had, which is saying a lot, considering he's had two Harlan Hill winners uh, in J. Rue Campbell and uh, Vanderlaan. Uh, but no, he's just a great kid. Great player. Five rushing touchdowns in the semifinals, 200 plus rushing yards. Uh, and Ferris is just seems to be the team to beat this year. I mean, they are the favorite going into this championship game. And you got to think, man, if they don't do it this year, you know, when's it really going to happen? Right. And they're taking on the team they lost to in the last national championship, aren't they? Yeah, Valdosta State. Yeah. That's going to be a hell of a game, I think. Uh, you know, and it's it's going to be on national TV on one of the ESPNs. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I think the Bulldogs are going to definitely take it home. That's my gut feel. I mean, like you said, this is this is the year to do it. If you're not going to, if you're ever going to do it, you got to do it this year. And uh, it is pretty cool. It, it's cool to see how, you know, two programs in D2 from, you know, Grand Valley State to Ferris State mm-hmm. have just been so strong. I mean, Grand Valley, when I was at Grand Valley, was when they were, it was like peak Grand Valley State football, you know, when Brian Kelly was there and then Chuck Martin. And it was, 
it was the coolest thing to be walking around that campus knowing that you had a national championship football team, you know, to, to root for. Not that I went to any games, but, um, you know, it, it was still cool to know that I went to that school. So I can only imagine for, for Ferris State alums or, you know, students now, it's got to be really cool. Yeah, it's good. And, and don't they play that national championship game in this high-class high school stadium oh, yeah. down in Texas, right? <laughs> it was sort of depressing watching Ferris' the semifinal game. I mean, there's there's hardly anyone in the stands. Yeah. There's more people at a Corona versus Owasso game <laughs> at Wilman Field between two uh, winless teams than there is at a Ferris semifinal game. So that's kind of sad. Doesn't take anything away from them. Still, they should be getting more. I mean, you go to a Grand Valley game and the place is packed and Ferris beats Grand Valley every single year. So you got to call on the students to, I mean, put your butts in the seats. Where the hell are you at? But no, football stadium in Frisco, Texas. But you think high school football stadium, this is no high school football stadium. It truly embodies what Texas high school football is because it looks like a division one power five stadium. That's how sweet it is. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully the weather will be nice and uh, the Bulldogs can get themselves a national championship. And, you know, we hopefully we can hook up with the head coach down the road and talk about this last season and his career a little bit more. He was on, what was he on a couple of years ago? Yeah, it was one of the, one of our first, it was like episode 18 or something like that. Yeah. I think yeah. it was at the one that I had my hip replaced because I wasn't there for that one. I think, yeah. You weren't yeah. even there for it. Uh, yeah. Brother John. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's it's one of our most listened to podcasts and i know i know your your brother john still sticks that to you yeah yeah well we'll, we'll get past that <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we've made it through another podcast fellas we have a lot to talk about next week uh, of course we got our christmas party coming up looking forward to that and matt you're on countdown to a baby boy how's that going yeah i mean it's getting closer the countdown about i mean two weeks away two two and a half weeks away so yeah we're just prepping and I'm just kind of wait, waiting for him to decide to come on out. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting time, man. Can't wait. It is. It is. It's cool. All right. Well, everybody out there listening, make sure you follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the show. They include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Speaking of Z92.5, tune in live this Friday night, December 17th, as Ortonville Brandon travels to the warehouse gym in Owasso to take on the Trojans. And if you want to see our full regular season schedule, go to the Z92.5 website. Until next time, for Jared Patel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Patel saying so long, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.